Welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk, a traditional Wiccan podcast where we will discuss topics affecting the pagan community from a traditionalist perspective. The topics we discuss are picked from our magical hat, and the discussions are unscripted. The talk should be led by Lord Chase Knight Smith, Elder and High Priest of Third Degree, and he's joined by Keegan, First Degree Priestess. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. We are continuing our conversation from last week. I did have a question. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer it or not. Um, I can only try. When you first started talking, you said that some religions, there's a middleman you have to go through before you can talk to the higher supreme, the higher deity. Yes. Where does that put prayer? In what sense? Well, I think religious people or spiritual people, we pray a lot. You know, yes. we talk to deity a lot. But if you had that middleman saying, well, you know, in order to speak to the supreme, you have to go through me. Does that mean they can't pray either? I think they can pray. But I do know I realize that in certain situations from a counseling point of view, just sitting there and telling somebody something out loud that you might have not have ever told anybody that you harbor some ill emotions about. Mm hmm can often relieve that. And it might not necessarily be a bad thing, but prayer is more of a direct connection to deity if you're in the right headspace to do it. I mean, me, myself, I pray every morning. Right. I pray to certain deities that I believe in, and I ask them to guide me through this day. I think most of us do. Yes. Now, that to me is just for me. I think religion and spirituality is a very selfish thing because you're not doing it for anybody else but yourself. Right. And it should be selfish. You should enjoy it. You should hold on to it with a fervor and vigor than you do anything else in your life. Absolutely. But all religions should be selfish. You should be there for yourself, not to show off your new hat or 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 to show how well dressed the members of your family are and stuff like that. That should be irrelevant. You're working on that personal connection. You're working on that personal connection. You're working on your own spiritual growth, which I think in general makes you a better person will make you a better brother, a better sister, a better parent, a better father and son and daughter, a better friend. That's the idea behind it. That's the idea behind it, that it just makes you a better person altogether. But if you don't take it personally, if you don't take it with that selfish zeal and love it completely, then why do it? Why? Do, I don't know. That's a good question. Why do it? Why do it? I was raised in the South. I know many families where they really get that spiritual connection isn't when they go to church, but when they get together as a family. And sometimes they discuss scriptures as a family. Yeah, the dinner after the church service. Right. 
you know, when you're hearing these praises or certain things from your grandparents or your parents or aunts and uncles, and you're hearing those conversations about what the preacher talked about. Right. Then I've also, you know, been to certain situations to where you go to church because you're thought that that's the way it was supposed to be. You sit through the preaching, you go home, you have dinner, and you don't think about it the rest of the day. Which I find very sad. Yeah, that's, that's not us. It's definitely that's not, not us. us. My hope is when I write a ritual, which I do write rituals. <laughs> Remember that one time? It was a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I've written a lot of rituals. My hope is that when people leave, they're thinking about this stuff. They're thinking about what happened in ritual. Because I know I am. Huh? They might have learned something. Might have. I don't know. What about your experience after rituals, regardless if it's with yourself or us as a group? I always learn after. I always think about it after. I always talk about it after. Well, I've I've known you on many occasions. After ritual, you cornered me. (laughs) Question time. Question time. I got questions. I got comments. Yep. You know. You know, and, and and sometimes they're like, you got tears coming down out of your oh. eyes. You're all emotional. Sometimes you're sitting there laughing and giddy and really hyped up. Depends on the ritual. Depends on the ritual. <laughs> yep. Always you know. emotional though. Always. And you're you're sitting there and you're you're saying stuff, but you know, even in your own private rituals, are you having that afterwards of where you might suddenly start having random thoughts? Oh, yeah. About your ritual that you didn't think about before your ritual when you were writing it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, and I know you're be- next time. OK, next ritual. I'm going to add this. Here's a thought that I had. I'm going to bring this into it. This is what I felt. Right. But I'm a note taker anyway. So all my thoughts or feelings afterwards, I tend to write down, you know, what did that ritual mean for me? Really? What did really? I take out of it? What did I take out of it? I wrote it. I know what I wanted, but what did I get? But what did I get? Yes. Yes, because sometimes when I wrote rituals, I had a certain goal Mm -hmm. or experience I had in mind, and it not quite turned out that way. Well, I... Which I don't necessarily say is a bad thing, but it was an experience I wasn't expecting. No, it's not a bad thing. It's not. It's just something you go, this is my intent, but this is where it led me, which is not right. the intent that I had. Which, again, I would argue that that's that spirituality mm-hmm. in religion reinserting itself. Oh, yes. That's common for me to go, here's my intent. And then after, go, well, that took a different path. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I learned. That went, somewhere, that went somewhere I was not expecting. I did uh-huh. not see that exit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Don't get me wrong. That spirituality is a wonderful and great force. But if you have 100% dipped into that pool, you can get a little lost there. A little. Okay, a lot. (laughs) It's not a bad thing, but when you're forgetting to eat or, (laughs) oh, God, what do you mean? I started going down into these weeds. It was Tuesday. What do you mean it's a month later? (laughs) 
and I have to be dragged to the hospital for dehydration and starvation. Well, you know, I think for me personally, I need the structure because I will get obsessed with the details. Just something simple, calling the quarters. Well, we can do this. Well, what if we add this and then this and this and this and this and this? And so all these things kind of, it's melancholy going through my mind. I can't, you know, sit down to, to focus on what's really important because all these details I'm focused on. So the structure needs to come in to go, this is how we do it. And then we're going to move on. <laughs> in our religion, or what I teach, from day one, we tell you we're going to teach you a way. And I, I, again, you know this personally, we pound that as much as we can into your head. We're teaching you a way, not the mm. way. This is what works for us. This is what makes sense to us, and this is why it makes sense to us. But we could be wrong. There could be better out there. But here's how we're going to cast circle. We're going to do A, B, C, D, E. Right? Mm-hmm. And that way... When we come together as a group, everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows what to expect up to a certain point. What you do at home, what you do personally at home, which we highly encourage, is none of my business, and you can do it whatever way you want. Yeah, but we always make it your business. Not always, but some of y'all do, some of you don't. I always make it your business. Let me tell you what it did. (laughs) Sometimes, yes, I will be sitting there going, oh, yeah, full moon's coming up, blah, blah, blah. I should be getting a call in the next couple of days or the day after from you going, oh, let me tell you about this virtual idea. Yep. (laughs) And let me tell you about my experience in this. And, you know, my husband joined me, and let me tell you what he got out of it. Which really surprised me or didn't surprise me, and this is great. I like to share. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, and, I, and I'm not saying this. Man, I enjoy that, though. I enjoy those calls where I get – Flight ball went off. Right. I understood what you were meaning that you told me two years ago about this, right. and now I really get it. Yes. God, that happens a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what you meant six years ago. Okay. That's what you. If the people listening to this don't understand, you know, Keegan here is studying for her second degree. And I've known I've had a lot of conversations with her during her training for second, where she will sit there and go, call me up and go, hey, what about blah, blah, blah? And they go, do you remember? Uh When you were taking your first degree classes and we talked about this. (laughs) Hold on. Let me get my notes out. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's discuss this again. (laughs) Now, I know the first time this happened, you were probably you were sitting back and you were going, why in the world am I going over first degree stuff again? Right. And then I pointed certain things out and you were like, oh, oh. Now I remember talking about this before. You did mention it. Okay. (laughs) It's one thing to hear it and write it down, and it's another thing to experience it. 
Well, I mean, I also want people to understand. I'm surprised if I don't look through your notes and you go, night burped in middle of lecture. Oh, I said, <laughs> huh? I take really good notes. You know, every cough, every sneeze has happened to be marked in parentheses. Right. Sneeze <laughs> continued. <laughs> right. Got to study it. <laughs> I'm never going to have to write my book memoirs. You uh-huh. have them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, even phone calls, especially after during the first year um, after when you went away, but I got those phone calls. I even have the notes that I look at and go, I don't know what I was writing here or what he meant, but I kept those notes. Um, <laughs> even now I look back and going, I don't, I'd love to know what my question was because that's an interesting answer. <laughs> oh my God. I have- so I, I assume now you're writing down the questions with my thoughts upon your, your thoughts. question. Your thoughts. And you do, though, because you'll say, here's how I look at it, or maybe this, or some people think this way. You never say, well, this is the answer. This is the truth. I could be 2,000 years old. I probably still wouldn't have all them answers. Well, if you thought you did, you'd never say it out loud. (laughs) 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 That's just my thoughts. (laughs) What do I know? These are just my thoughts. It's rare for people to listen to me. <laughs> we listen. Sometimes it just takes some years for it to sink. <laughs> okay, well, did he answer your question? Yeah, something about uh, West. I don't know. <laughs> well, didn't you take notes? Yeah, I made doodles. <laughs> I made doodles. I drew doodles. It depends. It could go either way with me. Who knows? <laughs> so, Tegan, didn't we talk about this yesterday? Yes, but I drew houses and smiley faces instead. I didn't take notes. <laughs> but it's cool because you've never said, I'm sorry, we've went over this 17 times. We're not going over it again. <laughs> if you don't have it by now, you're never going to get it. No, i got to let y'all grow. And sometimes it it does. It takes time to deal with certain concepts. Yes. Yes, it does. As being somebody that teaches a lot, it's nice when you do grab a hold of them. But sometimes, yeah, you got to sit there and go over it and over it and over Mm -hmm. it again. Because some of the concepts we're talking about, again, are part of our mystery religion where it's the universal mystery until you go through, until you experience it you're never going to quite understand it. That is the truth. And, you know, I have to sit back and be patient to wait for you to have that experience because it is a spiritual matter. So, therefore, it's not on a timetable. I can't say, hey, you're going to have this spiritual awakening two weeks from now. (laughs) Choppy chop. (laughs) Can we hurry this up? I really wish I could sometimes, but <laughs> you need to have this spiritual awakening in two weeks. <laughs> uh, go. <laughs> go. I have a schedule to keep here. 
But again, I'm back to this also illustrates the reason why priests should be taught that spiritual side. Because if we're doing all the scheduling stuff, there are some things we cannot schedule. Like spiritual awakenings. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're teaching, you know, you can't just sit there and you should have already gotten this. I can't tell that because not everybody's the same. Green bean over here and jelly bean over here <laughs> might be at two different places spiritually, but mundanely and classly might be on the same page. Well, if that is the case, would the mm, something they didn't grasp spiritually prevent them from going up to another degree? Could be. But, I mean, if we're having that much of a problem with it, I would probably suggest that they go talk to the priestess. Since they handle most of our spiritual needs, maybe she can explain in a way that I can't. Or do a private ritual with you to help you nudge in that right direction. A little push. You know, there are certain times where I do have students who I need to talk to someone of equal footing, I guess, to a certain degree that has, you know, a fair amount of experience to sit down and go, hey, here's my problem I'm having with this student. What do you think? You are my spiritual guide, too, and... I need your guidance on how to help this person. And that guidance might be, this is not something you need to do. I need to work with them for a little bit. Or vice versa, I guess. Right. And I like that balance. Well, balance is pretty important to us anyway. It's one of our things. It is. Any other questions? Um, any, any other avenues you want to go down on this? I'd, there's so many. Like I said, I can't see one without the other, but the spiritual path might be glorious and all this and might get such enlightenment and stuff like that. But I can see a dangerous side to this because we do have physical bodies. We do have things that we have to take care of on a daily basis. Even if you're living alone up in the mountains, there are certain things you got to do. You got to eat. You got to eat. You got to take care of certain bodily functions. You got to sleep. <laughs> you just me, got. You got to. So would you say Wicca is a religion, but the craft is spirituality? No. Explain. Wicca is a religion. It is a system of belief. Craft is literally what you do. It's your specialty. It is what you do. For example, you're, you're studying to be an herbalist. That's your craft. I deal with religious and magical theories. That's my craft. That's my contribution to the community. That's such an umbrella. <laughs> you can it, fit so much in there. It is. I mean, because... We're talking about me studying everything from ethics and morals to quantum physics mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But that's just the type of person I am. What, what is that? A jack of all trades, match, master of none? I don't know if you're master of none. Jack of all trades, yes. <laughs> master of some. 
I'll be the first one to sit back and go, that's beyond my field of expertise. Only if you find it boring. No, not when I find it boring. Yes, no. uh-huh. <laughs> there are some things that are beyond my field of expertise, and I have no problem telling people that because my field of expertise is very broad. Mm-hmm. When I have somebody there that has specialized training, let's give some examples in herbalism or counseling or in physical working out or someone who has dedicated their whole life to learning and perfecting the techniques of meditations and stuff like that. For those people that need that extra hand, I'm going to pass that student or that person on to that person. Huh. Because that goes beyond my field of expertise. Well, you pretty much know uh, with meditation, though. I do, but, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. You know, you're not going to come to me and ask me about kitchen witch stuff is absolutely useless. I know some of it. I know the basics. But if you're going to want more detail besides really simple, basic stuff, I'm going to send you to Lady Alba. If you're wanting more knowledge on herbs, I'm probably going to send people to you. Or music. Or music. It's going to be Oswin. Right. That, again, is something beyond my field of expertise. Who's the divination person? Really don't have anybody like that yet. We, we got to get somebody like that. We do. And, and they'll come along as we need them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really believe that. So. I think you're right. But again, if I have a member of Temple that may be experiencing problems with alcoholism or addiction or something like that, I'm going to try my best to pair them up with somebody else in Temple who's already had that training or that experience. Like a sponsor. So they have that connection with somebody in Temple, but more this. Well, that can empathize more with them, I guess. That can empathize with them and actually work. I mean, because I do not have that experience, I cannot sit there and socialize with people on that level sometimes. Right. I don't see nothing wrong with that, but it goes beyond my field of expertise. So, therefore, I'm going to hook these two up and say, you need to talk to them. Where I think we have an advantage in doing this in craft per se, is there's a little less apprehension there. On whose part? On the person asking for help. Well, I know this person's been through it or he knows what he's talking about, so I feel comfortable talking to him, that type of thing. And because they understand my religion, I can be a little bit more freer. You don't have to explain. Well, because of this and this and this, they already know. They already know. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know a lot about our religion, and you go to a counselor or to AA or somewhere like that to gain help. Some of our people spend more time explaining to them our beliefs. Right. You better help them than actually going to someone who already has that training. Absolutely. And they don't have to explain that. They can just get to the meat and potatoes of stuff. Right. And they're not either explaining or hiding or having to beat around a bush. They can just come right out with what, they, what they're what they having problems with. Yes. And be completely honest about it. Right. I will not teach anyone whose significant other 
does not know that they are being taught this religion or coming here. This is not something you can hide from somebody like that for a very long time because, you know, the first time we sit there and go, hey, you're going to have to start meditating, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you're going to have to do. Right. They're going to notice these behavior changes. Yes, these very subtle changes. They might notice them. <laughs> All right. It's like now, a spot going through your living room. They're going to notice. Yeah. Now, if we're lucky, their significant other and our family supports them in this endeavor, but sometimes they don't, and we have to be there to support them as a community. Yeah, I agree. So they don't feel alone. So they don't feel everything alone. else. Exactly. So, I mean, if we're still looking at those, what it takes to be a religion based on the federal government. This is that community part. This is where this comes in, that you have access to people who might have skill sets that you don't and have experiences that you don't that can help other people. Or know somebody that does. Exactly. I mean, because we have people in Temple that go all the way from professional business people, to mechanics, to People that do electronics to actually even doing computer on the programming side and networking all the way to education and stuff like that. If you don't think we're not pulling on those resources and learning ourselves and them learning, that's actually quite incredible. Oh, why wouldn't we use them? Mm-hmm. It's it's the best of the community together. Right. And I shouldn't say using, but... Seeking out their expertise on this. And we also encourage, teach them. I'll look at the the mechanic in the group. If one of our people come to you to get you to fix their car for them, teach them. Get them to understand. Let me go ahead and say that even for solitaries who do get into that spiritual thing, hopefully with the community at large and them talking to others, solitaires and other people of traditions that they got somebody there to pull them from the edge sometimes sort of speak right and that they have someone to communicate with these which nowadays is quite easy between what all the different sites and social media stuff keeping in the back of your mind that not everybody's at the same point that you are in spiritual growth some people might be ahead of you. Some people might be behind of you. Some people might be off to the left. Some people might be off to the right. Some people might be above you. Some people might be below you. Some people might be crazy. You won't say so, it, but it's still crazy. <laughs> I would suggest, even if you're solitary and you don't want to be part of a coven, to at least make friends or be acquainted with people in more traditional settings get another look on it get another look get a different view you can't cut that part out completely and saying i don't want anything to do with it at all blah 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 because that is part of the culture part of your religion well i was going to it doesn't mean that you have to be a part of them or join them but being friends with them and having conversations with them ain't going to kill you then I can also say the same things about traditionalists. Go out, talk to them. Yeah, they might get a little upset with you when you're going, ah, that's a first-degree mystery. 
or I'm not really allowed to discuss that. No offense to you. I would love to and understand, but I'm not allowed to because of my tradition. And sitting there going, well, you're gatekeeping or you're holding this back or you're holding back my spiritual growth isn't what they're doing. Oh, well, we are gatekeeping our tradition. Tradition to a certain extent. But again, there's a method in which we come about certain things. And it seems to work. Does it work for everybody? No. Does it work for some? Yes. It works for us. Well, the fact is, it's a, it's a mystery religion. Right. So if you're going to get mad because we're not answering your questions, that's a personal problem on your part. Right. Well, you're I mean, keeping. Yes, yes, I am. I, I am, but I'm not doing it because I don't like you or I'm mad at you. It's because there's a process. There was something I went through to learn this, to understand it the way I do. And again, until you go through that process, you're not going to understand what in the world I'm talking about sometimes. No, it, it is a it is an unfolding. It is. Layers. It is layers that you have to go through. Otherwise, you can tell them, tell them the answers, and they're going to be like, I don't understand. That's I don't, right. Right. Or they're not going to hold it with the reverence and reveal that Someone who has gone through that experience does. I would encourage any solitary to put some structure in there, no matter what in the world they do. You're going to have to eventually. Now, would you agree that witches tend to be social people? We want that sense of community. We want that sense of like minds. Sometimes, yes. Do you think that's because... Of the religion, or do you think that's just human nature? Actually, I think it's both. I think it's human nature, but it seems to be more pronounced than normal when we are talking about the the pagan religions. I mean, yeah, we want our yeah, we want our solitude from time to time. I think we connect deeper in solitude, but there's also, I think, a certain craving that we have. For someone else of a like mind, someone else, you know, a member of our coven, somebody, you know, somebody, somebody that that craving. You just have to have it. Yes, there's that need there Mm -hmm. because most temples, covens. Oh, from now on, I'm just going to say temples. Everybody out there in the world. I'm sorry. I get tired (laughs) of repeating myself like that sometimes that members of temples do become close. They do become more like family. To each oh, other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there is a closeness and there is a bond there. You think about it this way. You show up as a neophyte at my door. You're spending the next 13 months with me. With your smiling face. With my smiling face, babbling on and asking questions and that. Then if you start to add rituals and full moons and all that in there and any social gatherings we do that cements those bonds even more for me the bond you you start and you grow this relationship but after initiation is when all these people of temple become your family and you feel it and you know it and it's not a question it just is it just is 
And I, you know, I can go, you know, two years without talking to one of the COVID members. And still, you have that immediate connection. You feel it and you know it. And and it doesn't hurt your feelings that you haven't talked to them in two years and it don't hurt their feelings. But as soon as you get on the phone with them, it's like yesterday. I, I, yeah, I, I just talked to you yesterday. You're yeah. the same. I don't know if that's specifically, you know, our temple or other temples, but, you know, it is something that should be strict for. Well, it's there. It's definitely there or with me. It's definitely there. You may have a certain level of familiarity with people, and especially when you're third degree, sometimes you have to keep them at arm's length in certain settings. Right. Because, you, you know, have favoritism. Right. Because, and, I mean, when we go into ritual, we honestly believe that we are all equal. Mm-hmm. Even outside, we are still all equal. Don't matter if you're a neophyte or a third degree or somewhere in between, we're equal. The only difference between a third degree and a neophyte is experience and some knowledge. That, that, that's quite a big difference, though. Sometimes it's not, but we're still equal. That neophyte needs to be treated with the same respect as everybody else. So oh, does that sure. first degree, so does the second degree, and so does third degrees. There has to be that respect and love for one another yeah. to make this point. Now, Again, I'm just one priest, but I do have to be careful because I'm not allowed to show favoritism. I think you do a pretty good job. I try, but it's what's needed to make the temple grow. Well, you don't really have favorites. You have coven members. Right. We are a religion for the priesthood by the priesthood. And yes, I will go ahead and say this. As soon as you get that first degree, you're part of that priesthood. Right. And everything that comes with it. (laughs) And everything that comes with it. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm out of coffee. I'm out of coffee as well. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, a maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.